We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. We want to lighten our loads. Now, the definition of this word lighten that I want to deal with today is to make or become lighter in weight, pressure, or what? Severity. So to make lighter in weight, pressure, or severity. We need to make some things that are severely harming us or severely on our minds, severely giving us racing thoughts and chest pains and all of the stuff that we're going through now because our food is not sufficient in vitamins and minerals that we need. So things that we worry about take a greater toll. You know, our grandmamas and great-grandmamas could have 20 kids, manage all of them, and all their drama, and live to be 90. Because they were eating off their own land, most of them, or some of them, and their food was so nutritious, it, it could give them a good balance so they could deal with more things. But if you getting a hamburger and, a, and fries every other day, then your system is not efficient enough to handle some of the weight that you're putting on it as far as worry and stress. Does that make sense? So we have to keep a good balance of healthy eating. And uh, also, we have to make sure that we aren't putting more on ourselves than we can bear. Of course, God is, will never put more on you, but you can. Amen? All right. So we're going to lighten our load. We're going to uh, make or make it lighter in weight, pressure, and severity. Hebrews 12 and 1 is where I'm coming from. And I'm going to be pretty quick today. It's not a long message. Um, Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So we hear the scripture all the time, but sometimes we don't put the context of it uh, with it as far as what Paul is doing. Paul is describing a relay race. So he's saying there's a great cloud of witnesses basically representing those that have finished the race cheering you all to come, you know, in a relay. What relays do we have now? The four, four by four, you got four people. When three of them are finished, and they're standing there, they're cheering on that last leg to come and try to win, right? That's a cloud of witnesses that have already completed what they were going to do, and that's your turn to bring it on home. This is what Paul is seeing when he's saying this. He's saying there's a great cloud of people around, and they're cheering you on. He's saying, so while you're running, lay aside the things that are slowing you down. That's what he said. Put aside the things that are slowing you down, the sin which does so easily beset us. He said, and then run with patience the race that is set before you. So finish the race, but lay aside the weight so that you can finish the race efficiently. This is Paul's context with this uh, particular passage. So in a relay race, those that have finished the race usually cheer on those that have not completed it, right? God has given us a cloud of witnesses that have shown us how to run this race. Who, are the, who is this cloud? Man, you got a Bible full of witnesses. Men that have done what you're trying to do. Women that have done what you're trying to do. Men that have gotten where you're trying to get. 
Women that have gotten where you try. The examples are in the word. That's why it's important to read about these people because you're going to find someone in the Bible, if you're human, you're going to find someone in the Bible that's on the same, that's running the same race that you are running. Same obstacles, some of them the same weights, had to lay them aside, had to do what was best for the race so that they could finish it efficiently, right? James 5 and 10 says, take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for a what? An example. Take the prophets as your example of how to finish this race. They took, they, they showed you uh, how to suffer affliction. They showed you how to use patience. So you got to use them as your example. Amen. And when I think of a race and when I think of this race that we're all in, I think of the race of life. Amen. And so I don't want to make decisions that's going to change my life and change the end of what God has for me. Can I preach in here? Yeah, I'm not going to certain things. I'm not going to do now. I grew up and some of these folks on this front row will attest that I I wasn't perfect. (laughs) And neither were they. (laughs) but I didn't want to do anything that was going to stop what I felt like God wanted to do with my life so you have to assess your own race and say you know what I can't do this because this will change the end I can't do this. This is going to put too much pressure on me and it might kill me before my time. You think it can't? Amen. So, we're going to take the prophets for an example of suffering affliction. And this is the teenagers too. Amen. That's when you, you the ones need to really be listening to this. Because you don't want to make decisions in your teens. Get sexually active, have a baby out of wedlock. That's, 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 in, that's in your race now. Not that that's the end, but that's in your race. Get a sexually transmitted disease. That's in your race. Be at the club and somebody die. You die. Race done. Stray bullet. Or a purpose bullet. So you don't want to put yourself in a position where the entire race changed on you because of the decision you made. Amen. Boy, folks scared of them holiness messages. Amen. That's the only way I know how to preach. Amen. Our lives are fashioned by our what? How many of your lives are fashioned by your decisions? You made your life by either doing it or saying it. You created it. Yeah, where you are right now, you put yourself there. Can I say that, Elder? You put yourself, look at somebody and say, you put yourself there. You did that. that you are you because you are you. Huh. Yeah, I was talking to... Um, uh, man, I can't cop Bill. 
Is that cool? Okay. I was talking to Bill the other day. We talk about almost, you know, everything. So I was just telling him, before ABC, I used to think that if a man didn't grow up with his father, he was doomed for a life of disaster and destruction, and it was over. I used to think that. And I told him, I said, but because of ABC, half, over half of our men grew up without their father, and we got some men in here doing it right. And amen, and prove me wrong. Being providers, protectors, and priests of their home. Amen. And all that is, is a different decision. Yeah. Some of them, they brothers are hood. Ratchet. Don't even want to go home and visit. Might get shot. They in here with their family, they wife, their kids, they doing their thing. Amen. And so, since I've seen it, I've seen it. I know it can work. Yeah, because it's all about your decision. Your decision fashions your life. So we must consider the weight of things and how it may slow us down when making choices in our lives. The best way to do that, uh, a brother told, well, not a brother, uh, a preacher told me years and years ago before I started EX Ministries. He said, God gave you a vision. I said, yeah, he said, write it down. He said, write the vision down and then ask God to give you more to write down. He said, the more you write down in your infancy, he said, the better you'll be able to go back to it and keep you in line as you progress. He said, well, keep you in line as you progress. He said, never veer from it. The Bible tells you to write the vision, make it plain so that he that what runs with it runs with what the vision. So when things and circumstances change, the vision doesn't. You can refer back to the vision. Oh, this is what I said. And I'm telling you, that changed my life. My wife would tell you, I get, when I was getting phone calls from Oprah Winfrey's show and all these places want me to come on there, I would revert back to what God told me in the beginning. Nope, don't do any secular interviews, any secular TV, any secular radio. I would read it. I said, oh, can't do it because the vision said I can't. And to this day, I stick, I stick to it 100%. I wrote it down and put it on the internet. But I stick to that vision. And if I'm in somebody's life and they're going in a different direction, I got to part ways with you, brother, because you're conflicting with my vision. You don't think that's what happened with Paul and Barnabas? Paul and Barnabas, Paul was like, man, John Mark, man, he a good brother. Let him come with us. That's what Barnabas was saying. And Paul was like, yeah, but he, let's look at the vision. Oh, I don't see John Mark on this. Matter of fact, if you with him, I don't see you in this. And Barnabas did what? Walk what? Right off the Bible. Boom. <laughs> I'm not making a decision where I'm walking off the Bible. He thought he would just, they were just making a decision. No, brother, you wasn't considering what was going on here. We must consider the weight of things and how it could slow us down in the end. First Peter 3 and 11 says, let him eschew evil and do what? What is doing good? That's making what? The only way to do good is to make good decisions. God is saying make good decisions. You know, some decisions you can't have back. You don't get a do-over. So you got to issue evil and do good. Let him that seek peace. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Heavy burdens hinder our progress and many times do what? Uh, heavy burdens will take you out of here. 
We must follow the leading of God and the examples he set before us so we can do what? Manage what? The load we're carrying. So you don't want to carry heavy burdens because it will weigh you down and it could end your race if the burden is too heavy. Let somebody eat some old heavy McDonald's before they run a relay. Ain't gonna work. That food's too heavy. Proverbs 3 and 6 says, In all thy ways do what? Acknowledge him and he shall do what? Direct your path. So when you're making big decisions and different things, you don't want those decisions. Man, you got to see the end. You can't live for the now. You got to be able to see the end. You got to see yourself in the race. At the end of the race, consider the end before you do things. And the only way to do that is to talk to the one that knows the beginning and the end. Tell pastors all the time. I'm sure you've told pastors this too. They go, yeah, man, Doc, our church is growing. Really? Yeah, man, we got about 20 now. Really? Yeah. And so we looking at this building. How many seats? About a thousand. <laughs> Brother, you like pills, don't you? You love prescription drugs, don't you? You're going to have more pills than members. Because you're going to have to manage and pay for that every month. You're going to be scratching like a crackhead because you can't come up with that rent. Why would you do that? But you didn't consider the end. You're looking at the now and folks like you. Man, people are fickle. How many people joined here and left after they got a good knowing of me? They fickle, so we ain't basically we got people in the overflow, and we're gonna have people in the overflow for so long before we take some hammers to these walls and knock these walls out. Boy, we're gonna be doubled up in here. In the old church, we had 200 people on the floor. <laughs> Fire marshal would have took us all to jail. <laughs> we was riding so dirty before we considered moving. We meet with the elders and they'd be like, hey, brother, you, you think it's time? No, it ain't time. I don't know if these folks going to stay and I'm not getting on pills. <laughs> Amen. So, <laughs> no, nah, bro, we're going to have to be busting out of the seams for a long time. It's got to be a long lasting busting <laughs> before we start building. Amen. Let's see how, amen, because I don't want that pressure on me. Because I'm considering the end. The end of what? The end of my life. Man, I got a 12-year-old. I got to be here. I ain't building for y'all. I love y'all, but. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge God. Be like, Lord, is it time? You got to tell me it's time. I'm not going to the bank and, oh, rasha ta 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 what you want, brother? Oh, wait, give me a minute. I got a... Brother, what do you want? Oh, wait, just one more minute. I need some money, doc. God showed me a church, and he showed me and told me and told me, and he showed me. And that banker going to be like, bro, if you can't produce it in the natural realm... We can't do nothing for you. 
The Lord may have showed you that, but the credit bureau showed me something different. They had a different report. Whose report am I going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the credit union. What you talking about? <laughs> Better get out of here, old 300 credit. You get nothing, bro. All right. Most weights we carry in this life are a result of what? Can I say that again so everyone can hear me? Most weights are a result of sin. Either our sin or the sins of somebody before you. Put a weight on you. Okay? So, all of us in here, how many of you in here have a weight? Yeah, everyone in here has weight either because we did it, somebody else did it, Life did it, something. We have a weight, but it's usually because of our sin or the sin of others in some way. Sin not only weighs us down, but it, it hinders the intentions God has for us. So it makes our way harder. Amen? Not only does it distance us from God and not only is it displeasing to God, we're making our own way hard when we sin. Amen. Some brothers got high blood pressure because they can't stop creeping. Some sisters got high blood pressure because they can't stop worrying about him creeping. Oh, I'm preaching. You know, I just, I'm, I'm the ghetto prophet. I say it just like it registers. Yeah, that's the problem. Distrust will raise your blood pressure. And distrust while eating ham hocks will make it. <laughs> you got to get one up. You're going to either trust or you're going to cook with some turkey in them greens. <laughs> Can't do both. <laughs> but sin, sin not only weighs us down, but it hinders, it hinders the intentions <laughs> that God has for us. Psalm 66 and 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will what? Not hear me. So we got to get sin out of our hearts because we make our way harder. Most people sin because their way is hard. That's a double whammy. You got to deal with the sin first, then deal with your way. I know I'm preaching in here. Amen. Many struggle with focusing on the finish line. Can't even focus on the future because the presence is so bad. They can't focus on the finish line because of all the distractions that sin is causing in their lives. So the now is so bad that they can't even plan for the end. We never, we should never make decisions without considering how it will affect the end of the race. So every decision you have to make, it you have to think about how is this going to play out? When I when I knew I was called to be a preacher, I knew I had to have a special wife. Amen. Before I was called, it didn't matter. But when I knew I was called, I had to have a special wife. Then when I knew I had to do AX ministries, I definitely had to have a special wife. So I had to make a good decision there. So that I would be able to bring you the gospel the way the Lord wants it. If I brought the wrong woman along, it would hinder me in trying to do that. Amen. 
So that had to be a decision I had to really, really seek God about and understand because, hey, if I'm going to do this God's way, I need someone that's going to match up with it. Amen. I ain't fighting the devil and fighting my wife. Amen. Fighting a warlock and a witch. I'm not doing that. Amen. I'm not, I can't do it. It's too much. It's too much. So I have to marry somebody that ain't going to be giving me them kind of problems. Oh, I can't. It's a lot of folk ain't amening because it's too late. Well, I guess I'm going to run a different race. Sometimes the Lord, you ain't preaching that message right. Sometimes the Lord changes the race. It was a 440. Now it's just a 100 meter dash. We should never make decisions without considering how it will affect the end of the race. Ecclesiastes 7 and 8. Better is the what? End of a thing than what? The beginning. That's telling you that. The end is more important. So you got to make sure you're doing it right from the beginning so that you can have the better end. And the patience in spirit is better than the pride in spirit. So we want to make sure that we know where God God wants to take us. If you're married, you want to make good decisions so your marriage can last so your children won't be crazy. Amen. That's what you're thinking about. Me and my wife, we have to, we've had disagreements before, whatever. We ain't talking about divorce. What? That's because we got our kids to worry about. That's enough for us to go back, regroup, and try to work this out. Look at somebody. Y'all have to regroup. Oh, hush. Yeah, everybody does. Man, you ain't in love all the time when you married. Are you crazy? You know why you're not in love all the time? Because you in it. You in the marriage. You are. Long as you in it, you ain't in love all the time. So you got to work it out. You got to work out the problems. You got to work out the differences because you're thinking about the end. To beset, when it says the, the sin that so easily beset us, to beset means to threaten. So it's really the sin that easily besets us or threatens us. These are the sinful decisions that continue to tempt us even after repentance. Anybody ever have sin continue to tempt them after they repented? Anybody have to repent more than once because you did it again? See, it's some save. Somebody just, oh, not me, brother, because once I give it up, the Holy Ghost won't let me do it. Well, then you need to bottle that and sell it. Because I need some. <laughs> yeah, today. We're going to put it in a visitor center. Hey, Amen. Some stuff is a struggle. The sin that besets us, that's, those are the sinful decisions that continue to come. So it easily throws us off or it easily threatens us because we're familiar with it. It ain't just an old random sin. Somebody bring you some crack. Hey, man, the, the devil say smoke this. I'll be like, brother, I don't, I don't, man, in the name of Jesus, you be gone. Because that's not a struggle. You ain't struggled with crack before. Oh, brother, get that out of here. In the name of Jesus. Right now, out of here. Out, Satan. It's easy. Oh, but let him come up with some dice. Hey, brother. You want to put some on it? Like, oh, 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 no. Oh. 
or liquor. And I don't preach that drinking is a sin. Some of y'all can't ever drink again. I don't drink because I don't want, I don't drink because I, I have to deal with people. So I don't want nothing making me feel good other than Jesus. That's me. Because if I start drinking and have to deal with y'all, <laughs> bro, <laughs> y'all gonna find me. <laughs> no, no. No, I can't do it. I, I don't do it. And I tell, I tell y'all, I've counseled many of y'all. And y'all, when y'all going through heavy struggles and stuff, don't drink nothing. Let God fix this organically. Don't do it. Because you'll develop a habit. You'll develop a habit and you don't even know you have one. Brother, I'm just a casual drinker. I only drink with you. <laughs> Brother, there's drool on your shirt from yesterday. Talking about you a casual Some folk can't drink because you got problems. Amen. Introverts can't drink ever. Uh-oh, look at that. Look, look. You an introvert. You just by yourself drinking? Yeah, so let's let's put some rules to this. Don't be just, oh, drinking ain't a sin. It is for you. Because you're using it to deal with your problems. That's God's job. That's the fruits of the Spirit's job. You got the Holy Ghost. You got you have a nine fruits to take care of that. Yeah, but one of the fruits is grapes. <laughs> Let me finish this message because it's just getting. I'm taking every opportunity to crack a joke. We must. You got to encourage yourself sometimes. That's what I'm doing. I am having a good time up here. But sins that easily beset us are the sinful decisions that continue to tempt us after we... We must lay these aside so we can finish the race without hindering the race of who? Others. So you're not just hindering your race by sin. Whenever you sin, you're hurting somebody else. That's why Jesus said, I can sum up the whole law with one. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you'll never sin. Because your sin always affects your neighbor. You can't sin without affecting your neighbor. Boy, Jesus is smart. Luke 9 and 62, and Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is what? He's not fit for the kingdom if he keeps looking back. So in a race, you know, if you look back in the race, you lost. That's the first thing they tell you in a relay. Don't look back. And Jesus is saying right here, no, man, you can't keep looking back. You can't keep going to that sin that's easily besetting you. Because it's not only is it besetting you, it's besetting those you are responsible for. Because of the sins of others, others, everyone's race will do what? It'll be different. What some endure, others may not, and vice versa. But the bottom line is that we all must run the race that is what? Set before. You may have been born an orphan with no parents. You got to run that race that is set before. You may not know who your father is. You got to run that race that is set before you. Because when you have a son, you have to change things. You got to make it different for that generation. Your, your, your race is set. 
Nobody in the middle of the race said, you know what? I, I changed my mind. I don't want to do the 440. Let's make this the 100 meter. No, you can't change a race in the middle of that when you're running. You got to stick with that race and finish that race. So your situation may not be ideal. So your life, you may not have grew up ideally or whatever. That, that's your race. You have to run it and you have to run it efficiently so that when you have children, they can run the proper race that you wish you could have had. That's why we're here doing this. We're making it better. For those that are under us and that we're responsible for. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. So God's not going to make your race harder, but you can. You already don't know your parents, and you're already struggling with that. Why would you go and get promiscuous or go and get crazy or something and then add to it? Have an illegitimate child that you can't really give the love you want to give to, and you wish you could have redone it and done it better than your parents, but now you're kind of in the same situation as they See, you just added stuff to your race that didn't even need to be there. You should be thinking about, man, this was hard on me, so I'm definitely not going to make it hard on my children. This right here, I love my mom, I love my dad, but this right here that they did wrong, I'm going to correct. And a good mother and a father, they want you to do that. They want you to be better than them. Even though our race may differ from one to another, we are still responsible for what? Our own decisions that we make while running. You are responsible. That's why I understand folks that give up. That's why these black Hebrews, like y'all know I wasn't going to go a Sunday without mentioning them, right? That's why these black Hebrews, like, they, they, irri they irritate me because they want to put the responsibility and the blame on something as superficial as race. Brother, white man didn't give you child support. And he didn't impregnate five women. Amen. But they, they, they don't want responsibility, so they want to pass that responsibility on to somebody else. No, brother, you're responsible for your decisions. Like all of us in here, we got to work out our decisions. Amen. We got to own them and say, you know what? I blew it right there. I made a mistake right there, but let's move on from there. I got to make it better. Yep, had a child out of wedlock, whatever. I got to make the best of this situation I can, and God is going to help me. It was a mistake. We own up to our decisions, don't we? We got to be responsible. Nobody won't. Nobody want to, I don't like dealing with folks always blaming people. My wife, no, I'm the I take blame for stuff I don't even need to take blame for. If it happened under my watch, I'll take blame. Because I want to be responsible. How you going to be the one? You, you, you want to be the head. I want to be the head of the house, the head of the house. But then when the ship is sinking, well, that's her fault. She the one be. Brother, you're the head of the house. A sinking ship is your fault. I don't care what's going on in that house. I don't care if she's flying around on a broom. You're responsible for her. Get her down and go to pray. And go to pray. <laughs> don't pray while she's still up, because that, that's a distraction. <laughs> Romans... <laughs> Romans 14 and 12 says, so that every one of us shall do what? Give an account of himself to who? 
to God. So when you stand before God, I wish you would try to blame somebody. Brother, you, are you ready to go to hell, son? Hell? It ain't what my fault. See what happened? Why? Because he ain't going to let you finish. You have to make the decision. We all have to choose Christ. Can't mention grandmama's prayers standing at the pearly gates. Brother, you have never prayed to me. Oh, but grandmama. You remember her? Lee Esther, that was her name. Lee Esther, she, she you, you don't remember? Um, you, you, didn't, you didn't hear her? I sure heard her. <laughs> Patience should be exercised while anticipating the end of the race as well as making decisions during the race. Now, we hear this all the time. Patience. You do it with patience. But patience isn't just saying, no, I'm going to wait. You got to do more than that. Pace, things are too tempting for you to just say, oh, no, I'm just going to be patient and wait. No, it's going to start dealing with you in certain ways. So you got to make sure you understand how to exhibit patience. Patience is exhibited when we get informed. Right? Get counsel. And most importantly, study those that have completed the race before us. You get in the Bible and study the people that are dealing with what you, you are dealing with or they dealt with what you're dealing with. That builds up your patience because you see others that have had that had to have it. So, you know what it looks like. It's not just waiting, but it's strategically waiting. Yeah, getting informed. That's why you in here. We're going to get informed while we're waiting so we can find out even if we should be waiting for this. And then we're going to get counsel. So you got to get somewhere and get under some counsel. God ain't speaking to everybody the same. Uh-oh. Did I just say? No. He said he had some. Some apostles. Some. Some pastors. Some teachers. Everybody's not a teacher. Everybody's not a pastor. Amen. Everyone can't rightly divide the word the way a pastor can. Patience is exhibited when we get informed, get counseled, and study those that have completed the race before us. Romans 5 and 3 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations do what? Work in patience, and patience, what? Experience. And then experience what? Experience hope. So that means if I'm listening to somebody that has experience, it's going to help my patience. Oh. Oh. And then if I, if, if, if I have experience, then it gives me hope. What does that look like? That means that I've, I've been through it before, so I know what God did the last time. Yeah. Summary! Many today are carrying excess weight. Stuff you need to get off you. Weight acquired through their sin or the sins of others or weighing them down to the point of discouragement and disparity. The widespread use of prescription drugs to help their bodies and minds cope with the heavy burdens of their lives while creating side effects, dangerous side effects, adds even more despair to them. Have y'all noticed? I mean, you can't watch a TV show. If after the TV show, they're giving you, and it used to be they would be showing you a drug. Now they're showing you a drug supplement. What? 
They are showing you a drug to use in conjunction with your drug that carries the side effect of why you're taking the drug. See, somebody didn't even understand what I said because it's so confusing. Take Xarelto. I don't even know what that, what that is, but what is Xarelto? Will that lower my A1C? No, if the drug you're taking won't lower it, this will help that drug lower it. Why can't I just take two of the ones I already got? <laughs> I mean, why do I need another? This, if your drug is not stopping your depression, you take this drug with it. It's been known to help you with depression in conjunction with the drug you're already taking. So don't stop the one you're taking. Just add this to it. But the side effect of this drug is suicidal thoughts. I think that's about as depressed as a person can be. It makes no sense. And nobody said people are ordering it. People are using it. I'm going to show you why. Yeah. Because our society has taught us excess without what? <laughs> That's it. That's the problem. Our society taught us excess without responsibility. That means go get it. Go do it. No responsibility. So the weight of what is accrued is not even considered. Nobody's even considering it. Go get that loan. Go get that house. Go get it. Well, what is, what, I mean, are you ready for that? It doesn't matter. You're wasting money on an apartment, man. You're wasting money on an apartment. You're just throwing money away. No, I'm not. Not if I'm living in there. If I'm living in there, I ain't throwing it away. Brother, you need a house. Why, do, why would you throw money away in an apartment? Because I'm not ready for the responsibility for a house. Man, you get the same house with the same, it's going to be the same rent. No, it's not. But a, 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 a dude came up, I was like, hey, man, I, you know, uh, uh, we need to get your landscaping done because your homeowners association, your house look raggedy. So I was like, okay, so let me get some bids or whatever. You know how much it's going to cost to do the front of my house, just the bricks? $8,000. Is that the same as an apartment? In the apartment, what am I going to do? I'm going to call Rufus. Rufus, the bricks done fell out of the front of my house, of my apartment. Which apartment? 1039. I'll be right over there. Rent don't change. He put 100 bricks. He can stack 100 bricks. Rent don't change. But an act of God, a tree falling, wind blowing, all of that just tore the front of my house, tore my bricks up. $8,000. Yeah, the first bid was 16000 That's what I'm saying. Y'all, don't, don't, don't let nobody. You better be ready. You better be ready. And I go to the Lord. Lord! $8,000. Oh, that's the devil. Satan is a lie. Jesus, come on, Lord. What? You made the bricks. You made it. You made it all. So don't you let nobody tell you, hey, brother, you throwing away money. Not if you living in there. They're going to throw away money. Amen. I'm sorry. You got to be ready for that step. But a lot of people, they're looking online and, you know, you can't even go through Instagram without it trying to sell you something now. All in the timeline. I don't buy so many shoes like that. I'd be like, well, they quit putting these shoes in my timeline. <laughs> no, I'm going to buy them. <laughs> but you put on weights. Doing stuff you can't do. Doing stuff you're not ready to do. 
Excess without responsibility. And then once you locked in it, oh, Lord, you're giving, dropping the church. So, you know, once you drop the giving, the receiving's going to drop. See? See? Uh, uh-oh, look, somebody don't want to clap. Wait a, now, wait a minute. Now, we don't, nah, the Bible says you're going to receive like you give. Did the Bible say that? Did, did the Bible say that, Bishop? Yeah, the, the Bible said that. So you're going to cut God back so you can, then, man, I got to lighten this load. Then I, now I got to work three jobs. You working three jobs for a house, nobody sees you. So now your wife is crazy and your kid's crazy. You put too much weight on yourself. You're considering the end of it. And you got a 60-year mortgage. Is that a thing? You're going to die in that house. <laughs> About the house with the graveyard in the back. <laughs> because when it's over, I'm just going to walk out there. <laughs> but society has taught us excess without responsibility. Trying to excel financially or to be approved of socially is weighing people down and causing them to consistently miss their God-given plan for their lives. Did y'all hear me? Yes. It's weighing them down. Trying to excel financially because they're watching everybody on Instagram come up. They're watching everybody on social media. They want what they see. If they're trying to excel. Then they're trying to be approved of socially. Trying to get likes. Trying to get comments. Trying to do all this. Do you know that is weighing you down? And it's weighing them down and it's making them physically sick. Anxious. Breathing problems. Racing thoughts. Heart High heart rate. It's weighing people down and causing them to miss what God has for them. Without the will of God, our race becomes impossible to finish. How are you going to finish the race for God without God? Christ told us that his yoke is easy and his burden is what? Light. This means that his way guarantees us to finish our set race and laying aside weights and sins will make our way more what? Efficient and what? Light. Our weight can be heavy or light depending on how we follow Christ. If we opt for societal norms instead of God's plan for us, then we will add things to our lives that will hinder our progress and make our race what? Harder. We all will finish the race someday. But the question is, what toll will it take on us and others that we affect? This scripture is Paul talking in the same passage. And he's saying, know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain. Every man that strives for the mastery it's tempered in all things. So he's saying everyone that is wanting to win this race is tempered, meaning he's taking care of himself. He's taking care of his body. He's preparing for this race because he wants to win. He wants to go to the end of it. He said, but they're doing that for a corruptible crown. It don't even matter. He says, but we do it for an incorruptible crown. He says, so I therefore so run. Not undisciplined. He said, I'm not going to run with no discipline. Not as uncertainly. He said, I'm going to be disciplined. He said, and I fight. But I'm not beating the air. I'm not swinging that air, man. I'm, I'm calculated. I'm making sure I hit my marks. 
And then he says, but I keep my body and bring it under subjection, meaning I make myself act right. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a what? Cast away. Everyone stand to your feet. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.